Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ken Green. Uh, He is the president of Green Finance and Insurance, only different as he calls it. He also calls himself the engineer of finance. Uh, His website and podcast is engineeroffinance.com. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Ken. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me on the show. Let's just get a brief history of how you got to where you are today. A brief history. So, um, yeah, painful learning lessons. But uh, uh, prior to end of 2008, uh, electrical engineer, licensed civil engineer, uh, engineering full-time as a professional engineer, and it all stopped. So I was on the corner saying engineer for food. And I love the Reno Lake Tahoe area. So to, to survive, families, friends, love the community, um, I decided to get into the insurance and financial industry. And uh, been in ever since, still maintain being an engineer. Uh, but uh, that's kind of like my bio. That's how I got into this industry. And uh, started off just educating, helping people about auto and home insurance and then learning more about disability and life insurance and got my securities licenses and uh, just couldn't just love teaching people about uh, making money, growing money and protecting it. That's how I got into this industry. A little bit so of my how, do you, how do you bring your engineering background to giving financial advice? What, what is in common with those two? I would say the biggest thing, me who's a marketing idiot uh, that distinguished me in the area was when people came to see me for help, they were expecting a salesperson. And when they saw my background and saw through, not what I said I was going to do, but what I did, the engineering, uh, we love troubleshooting. We love math. We love science. We love empirical data and troubleshooting and designs. And then just taking that kind of mindset and carrying over to the financial industry, I think, has uh, created a lot of value for the clients uh, that I serve and the listeners on my show. So what is, is your approach different from traditional financial planners and, and traditional Wall Street firms? You have some uh, things to say that you don't think they're often getting people on the right path. How is what you're doing different from them? Oh, I would say the, the difference is, is like, by the way, I am so, I always poke fun at the financial industry, but I'm so grateful for it. Uh, there's no way as a human being I would have grown as much as I have being in this industry for over a decade. You know, um, empathy, helping people, helping families, uh, where prior to that I was very happy being in a corner designing all day long. I didn't need that much human interaction. And uh, getting put into this industry, uh, learning psychology, learning how to communicate more effectively with people and listening uh, very grateful. Now, the areas that I poke fun at is that I thought when I got in this industry, I was going to learn so much about money and come to find out in many ways that the majority of very successful advisors, I always joke it's the 99% of the advisors that make the 1% look bad. Um, I would say the ones that are very successful, a lot of them, unfortunately, I would say, well, fortunately, they earned it. They're hardworking. They care for their families. I just feel that unintentionally, uh, by what we're kind of brainwashed, you know, 401ks, IRAs, uh, put all our money with the stock market, that kind of, that might not be the best approach for a lot of families. And so what's different is, as when I started studying 
the industry when I got into it in the end of 2008, when I started studying the flow of money, studying companies that are successful, studying how banks make money and the financial industry makes money, the majority of what they're teaching clients to do, they're in actuality, they're doing the opposite. We're taught buy and hold. Where when you see how the industry makes money, it's not about buy and hold, it's about assets under management fees, it's about commissions, it's about uh, legally uh, velocity of money and turning. Uh, like, if, for example, if you owned a car dealership, uh, the more cars you can sell, the more turn, uh, the more profitable that company is going to be. And so compound interest is important. It definitely should be addressed, but I don't necessarily think that's the end all for a lot of families. I think what's different is we just take an approach and look at where that family is positioned, see what's working, see what's not working. And quite often, an IRA or 401k, which or opening up a bank account, or getting a mortgage, or getting credit card debt, student loans, that might not be the best solution. And so when you see how the banks and how money moves, and it's a brilliant model, maybe that's the first approach we should take, is instead of doing what the industry is teaching us to do, maybe we should do the exact opposite and do what they're really doing. And so I think that's something that makes me very different from the industry, is that I don't typically pivot to a qualified plan initially for a family. I'm looking for a different way to create wealth, protect that money, um, and then look at those pieces to see if that fills the gap, if that makes sense. So one of the big tools that you use is life insurance. Um, so people traditionally think of buy term and invest the difference is, is one technique. Uh, traditional whole life policies are considered kind of boring. And then there's the new ones, there's index universal life, uh, there's straight universal life. What are some ways that you think people should be using uh, life insurance to grow their assets that maybe they're not kind of used to these days? Uh, I would say to Ty, I, I'm a big fan. You know, two years being in this industry, I thought I was done with it. I was just, uh, I thought I was out. Engineering was coming back full time, especially in the environmental engineering sector. And um, I, I, during that interim, after two years, um, yeah, engineering, I was engineering full-time, and I'm seeing, I thought I was done with the insurance industry, financial industry, but I kept seeing select clients at night to help them and teach them about, uh, about whole life insurance and different financial concepts, and it all came from, what I thought it was just a, a brilliant mind, a brilliant Austrian economist, and that was Nelson Nash. He wrote a very popular book called Become Your Own Banker. He wrote that a long time ago, and if it wasn't for him, if it was not for him, I wouldn't be in this industry today. Now, I don't think just what he was talking about is the end all, and I don't think whole life insurance or dividend paying whole life insurance is the solution for everything, but I always give him credit because it wasn't for him. I, it, he opened my eyes. The, the term whole life insurance is a horrible, boring name, right? But when I dove into it and I dived into it, and when you understand how these things have been built for hundreds of years, and you see the empirical data, and you see how uh, these actuarial science scientists right, design these, it's a brilliant model. And I don't see it, life insurance as an investment, but what a brilliant way to implement. It, it could be a great way to enhance a saving strategy, depending upon the family. And it can be a brilliant uh, way to implement, whether it's, well, I'll tie back to the term insurance, but just life insurance in itself can be a, a great way to protect income for the family, right? It's income protection insurance. Now, then the argument comes, well, do you do term or do you do permanent? 
life with whole life, and uh, that's a different discussion. But in itself, what a great way to protect the family unit and create more certainty for that family. Uh, So this attracted me. What's that? This whole Nelson Nash is the so-called bank on yourself movement, correct? So, yeah, he wrote uh, a book a long time ago, and it had a huge impact on me. Now, I will say that too many in the industry, I think, have perverted what he was teaching. But, and that's a different discussion, too. It bothers me. But if you look at how beautiful and uh, dividend-paying whole life insurance can be, and you design it accordingly to the objective that the family wants to accomplish, it can be a very powerful saving strategy. I don't see it as an investment. The savings and investments are two different animals. But as a saving strategy, my gosh, I mean, the amount of control, liquidity, use, and equity that you can build in these, if designed correctly and used correctly to enhance every other area for investments and savings, it's a phenomenal product for the right families. It's not every whole life insurance uh, traditional company that this is going to work with. Um, the big ones, the Northwestern Mutuals and, and uh, Mass Mutual and so on, it tends not to work. They're not really open to this whole bank on yourself. There's, it's smaller insurance companies that tend to offer. Is that correct? I can't speak to Mass Mutual and Northwestern Mutual. Um, so I can't speak to that, but I know that uh, uh, I, I, I've seen really well-written policies that have implemented Mass and Northwestern in the past, so they're not opposed to it. I think the language might concern them, but I, I can't speak to them. I don't I don't. Know which, which companies do you, when you do a a bank on yourself strategy. Which companies do you tend to uh, use? Jeez, um, oh, that's like it's great being put on the spot. I don't know if I'm allowed to disclose that, but I, I typically for I would the the care man. I I would say there's 34 mutual company dividend paying mutual companies that I really respect uh, in this country, and I prefer the uh, mutual uh, because. Uh, just because I just think it's, I like that mindset instead of having to imp, uh, impress uh, shareholders every quarter. You know, there could be, a, uh, you know, you, you have a longer term thinking uh, 70, 80, 90, 100 years out. And I can tell you, so being in this industry, as long as I have the ones I really like, the ones I really like and gravitate to. Um, I mean, I think phenomenal, mutual, I mean, all these companies, Mass Mutual, great company, Northwestern's a great company. Right, the ones I really enjoy working with uh, at my firm have been uh, One America, AUL, Lafayette, Life, Ameritas, uh, Penn Mutual. I mean, just to throw four out there that I think are just phenomenal carriers I've enjoyed working with. I work with a lot more. So those are the top four that come to mind for dividend paying whole life, uh, for sure. Uh, but the, the language of, I, you know, you're asking me, I was saying why I got in the industry, why I'm still in it. Uh, I mean, why I'm still in it is because of that book. Although um, I would argue that there's a lot more, and I have fun. I call it the bank of source because I just like having fun with money. And uh, Joey the T-Rex, it's just fun having, you know, stomping on the corner of Wall Street, just letting people know there's a different way to play the financial game. Uh, I think quite often, and especially engineers, we can be very myopic at looking at numbers. But when we step back in the financial industry, but we step back and we look at just all the things out there, all these different products. If we have access to the best products in the stock market, investment, insurance industry, in the world in this company, in this, in this country. And if as long as we use them so that they're working in synergy, man, can we accomplish a lot, depending on what are the priorities and dreams for our clients. Does that, that's a long-winded answer, but does that help? 
No, that makes sense. That makes sense a lot. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a break right now. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ken Green. He calls himself the engineer of finance. Uh, he is president of Green Finance and Insurance, only different as he calls it. Uh, his website, you can find out more about him, and he also has a podcast there. Is called engineeroffinance.com. We'll be back after this. I write a great deal since I've written 13 books, given many speeches, and I'm constantly writing emails, blogs, and memos of all types. I often have to write under deadline pressure, and I want to make sure that everything I write is correct grammatically and is said as clearly as possible. Now I use an app called WordTune, which makes sure everything I write is the best it can be. It's like having a writing expert on call at any time to look at my drafts and suggest improvements. Now I don't have to waste time agonizing over the perfect sentence because WordTune offers the best alternatives, and I pick the one I like best, and it makes the changes in my text instantly. I was recently writing up a business proposal, and WordTune gave me just the right words to get across why the people I was writing to should approve the deal. You wand over the sentence or the block of text you just have written, and WordTune then suggests ways to improve it, and if you agree, you just click and the changes are instantly made. Using WordTune makes me confident that I will write what will be optimized for maximum impact. What you write impacts how people perceive you, either positively or negatively. So it shapes your prospects for success. That's why it's so important to write as well as possible. WordTune is powered by artificial intelligence, which means that it understands meanings of words and context, so you can feel confident that what you're writing is as smart as you every time. It understands what you're trying to say and suggests ways to say it more clearly, more compellingly, and more authentically. WordTune uses the most advanced language processing technology out there. No other writing tool does what WordTune does. It's a complete game changer. WordTune is ideal for professional writers looking for an edge, managers aiming to make their points more clearly, or students who want to turn in their best work. WordTune works anywhere you're working online. It connects with Google Docs, Slack, Outlook Web, WhatsApp, and many other applications. You can try WordTune for free at wordtune.com slash moneyanswers. Get help today writing your emails, reports, presentations, resumes, blogs, and everything else. Go to wordtune.com slash moneyanswers. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ken Green. He's known as the Engineer of Finance. Uh, His website is engineeroffinance.com. Welcome back to the show, Ken. Thank you. We just want to dig in a little bit more on the bank on yourself strategy. So basically tell people how it works. They can put money into one of these whole life insurance policies. It grows tax-free. It produces dividends. And then you can borrow the money out later. Is that basically the way it works? Or just maybe refine a little bit what's so unusual and what's so good about the bank on yourself strategy? Well, I... So the, the bank on yourself, I think, is a, a different uh, mark. I don't know her, but I think she wrote a book very similar to what Nelson Nash wrote with infant banking concept or becoming your own banker. And it's all my point was uh, that piece is that it's so opened my eyes to a different way of thinking. If you came to me and said, oh, I should go buy whole life insurance back then, I'd be like, it's like why in the world would I do that? It made no sense to me. But reading through the book from a mentor who recommended and just seeing a different way to see things, I'm like, my gosh, what can be so powerful about this is to me it's just one big savings account or piggy bank on steroids if you use it correctly. And, um, and so essentially uh, there's a lot of focus what's called on PUA or paid up additions rider and uh, just the concept essentially. And, and I just thought it was a great book and it really opened my eyes. And so I sought out to meet Nelson numerous times. He passed away. Uh, a few years ago, and he was just a, a brilliant mind, just a very nice man. I so enjoyed learning from him, and uh, he had a huge influence on the industry. And I, I do think too many, too many people in the industry have perverted what he was teaching. But what I love about it, and just having fun, you know, I have all these kids throughout the U.S. that wear my clients, listeners of the show that have Bankasaurus t-shirts. I just see it as one big piggy bank on steroids. I don't see it as your big, like, just picture this big brontosaurus that just protects and store your cash. And what can be very valuable, I think, as long as it's in alignment with what a family wants to accomplish, that designed correctly, these things can uh, be a very powerful saving strategy. I mean, you have a lot of control. You've got a lot of liquidity. Uh, these policies build a known cash value. And so if you ever need to access the funds, I mean, I would argue one of the best strategies would be to take a loan against that cash value. Uh, that cash, that essentially that cash value secures the note from the insurance company. And so, you know, it's simple interest. You have the ability to pay it back how you want. And uh, it just creates a lot of empowerment for a lot of families. You know, the, the, the reason why I got in this industry was because I had everything in investments, nothing in savings. Whereas if this idea was taught to me, or just one piece, there's a lot more to it uh, with whole life insurance, but just savings alone, if I had an advisor when I was 22, my first financial advisor was when I was 22, 
I was working at a telephone company. I had income, or strong income. I was making more money I knew what to do with. And my advisor says, hey, put this in your IRA, put this in your 401k. He never looked to see my debt structures, my liability, my cash flow, my savings strategy. And so I literally was pedal the metal in all these investments, stock market, stuff offshore. I just wanted that money to grow. And it's like, why in the world would I have money making 0%? It made no sense to me until the perfect storm hit. Back in 06, you know, land became worthless. My house became worthless. All of a sudden, a six-figure income engineering stopped too. And I had no savings. Where if I just had six months to a year's worth of savings, I could pay that mortgage for a long, long time before engineering came back. And so, so today, like, savings, you pretty much earn zero on savings today. And it's going to stay that way for quite a while. Are there places you can put your money where you earn at least a decent yield where it's still uh, safe if not guaranteed? Yeah, and that's and so that's a great segue to is like if we now even if you're making zero, thank God it's not negative, right? Fingers crossed uh, that we're not making negative interest rate in the banks. Although if you see all these fees that a lot of them try to charge, uh, quite often a lot of families are pay- getting a negative yield. Uh, but it, savings is important. I don't care if you're making zero percent because when you have that kind of money sitting liquid, I mean look what Warren Buffett's accomplished, right? Just waiting two pounds when people are fearful to buy, that's when you should be buying. Right. And so, uh, but you have that kind of money sitting liquid, uh, opportunities will seek you out, but it's also a great, and this is engineering speak, but you got redundancy, redundant systems, safety factor. So if you got six months to a year making zero, I don't care because that kind of liquidity will protect you. Life happens. Things happen that we're not planning on. And if you got everything in investments, you can have what's called liquidity of risk, right? You can't, uh, you can't get your money uh, out in time. And that's what I went through. And that's why I lost everything. And that's why I'm so yep. passionate about teaching savings. Now, what you're talking about, what can you put money into? Well, the next segue is like, hey, if we understand the importance of savings, if you qualify with your health and wealth, um, I, depending on what the timeline is, uh, for the rest of your life, I don't know of a more powerful saving strategy than using dividend paying whole life insurance. And that's yep. what ties to the bank of source. That's what ties to the concept of what Nelson Ash taught and become your own banker. And uh, so anyway, I, that help. So that is a natural set because all the growth designed correctly, used correctly can be income tax free. You got a death, a death benefit that's income tax free. You don't have to wait all the way to 59 and a half to access that money. You can access that cash value all the way from like little kids that we've designed this for, for families all the way up to, to till you die. So you have way less rules, and quite often, most families I work with, and I'm sure a lot of listeners to your show, would prefer less rules than more rules. And not that 529s or 401ks or IRAs don't have their place. They do. They can be a powerful tool to implement as well, but there's, there's a lot of rules with that. You can't attach that money to your 59 and a half. And it, up until recently, it was 70 and a half, but they changed it at the, you know, in the middle of the night, at end of December of last year. Uh, a lot of people don't realize until they get close to requirement and distributions where the government will force you to take money out at 72. And so what's nice is that as, so yeah, as a saving strategy, I don't know what more powerful place to store cash. So how, is that pretty in-depth answer yes. on that one topic? That, very much so. Uh-huh. That's the bank of source. He's my best friend. He's my buddy. <laughs> That's what it is. So, so you're about it can be a very powerful saving strategy. You talk about drastically increasing your income without losing your pocket money. Are you referring to the uh, this system, or are there some other ways you can increase your income without taking 
you know, hitting your pocket oh. money. Yeah, so that's a it just in, as a, a philosophy and in practice that uh, this is independent of any type of you know life insurance product or any product out there. But just looking at the flow of money, um, quite often um, changing the flow of money can drastically increase your net income. For example, uh, you look at. You know, we have a lot of things getting at our money every single day, right? We have, uh, which, you know, I would identify as opportunity costs. And so if, if we're pulling money out of an investment or a saving strategy because we have to pay income taxes, or we have to pay death tax, or we're buying uh, another, you mean, my gosh, these iPhones and smartphones, Android phones, uh, what was a want has now become a need, right? Like air conditioning in a car. And uh, so those opportunity costs, when we're putting that money out there, we just lost that opportunity for that money to grow and compound or create some type of um, additional passive income streams. And so quite often, instead of chasing rates of return and creating more risk investing in the stock market, and I love the stock market, and it's my bright and shiny object, so I don't discount the importance of investments. I love investments. But quite often, the first area to start creating a lot of wealth it's just by changing how money flows. For example, I mean, little things like modifying auto and home insurance, you know, raising deductibles, taking advantage of the leverage of that money, uh, but using, you know, uh, leveraging that money in a certain way, having a little bit more um, skin in the game by higher deductibles uh, could be, is one way of protecting a lot more of, of your wealth. Uh, changing our, how, for example, different businesses uh, that I work with that files a, a S corp, uh, but are taking salaries that are um, a lot higher than the market would dictate, and working with their CPA and tax advisor, you know what? Maybe this portion should be salary, and the other distributions. Well, by modifying that, and this is just an example, uh, instead of taking a hundred thousand dollar year salary, what if you created a fifty thousand dollar year salary with your S corp, and then the rest comes in distributions? Well, we just that other fifty. Thousand dollars. That's fifteen percent on fifty grand that didn't have to go unnecessarily to the Social Security taxes. Working within the IRS codes, working with those rules, you know, a family like that, that just increased their income by seventy-five hundred dollars a year, eliminating. So uh, that's an area of how you. And I would argue, you know, for a hundred grand a year, increasing seventy-five hundred dollars a year with no more risk in the market, just working with, within the rules of the IRS that drastically increases your income without losing any out-of-pocket money, as an example. Avoiding the self-employment taxes uh, by taking distributions instead of salary from a subchapter S you're referring right. to, right? Just changing uh, the yeah. flow, working within the rules. This is how the game's played. Well, we respect those rules, and uh, but we're not going to, you know, let's save the 600 plus per month and then repurpose that uh, uh, for that family's priorities and dreams, whether it be more savings, stronger investments, uh, but that's a, that's a drastic increase in income with uh, little to no out-of-pocket expense, just changing how money flows. Now, how could uh, Bankasaurus be tied into that, right? The dividend-paying whole life insurance? Well, used correctly, it's all growing income tax-free. Yes. Uh, taking yeah. advantage of a Roth IRA, taking advantage of tax-deferred vehicles like 401ks and IRAs when they make sense. And that's what, how we can drastically increase income uh, without even creating more risk, right? Or out-of-pocket expenses, changing how money flows. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ken Green. 
He's known as the Engineer of Finance. You can find out more about him at his website, engineeroffinance.com, and he also has the Engineer of Finance podcast. We'll be back after this. What do you spend on subscriptions every month? Most of us think we spend about $80 a month on subscriptions, but actually we spend closer to $200 a month and sometimes well more than that. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people are saving thousands of dollars a year with Truebill. See all your subscriptions in one place, keep the ones you want, cancel the ones you don't, and right, do that right from the app. Your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. No talking to humans, no difficult conversations. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. One person said in a matter of seconds they saved $660 a year on their direct TV bill. They saved $120 a year on their Sirius XM bill and saved $840 a year on car insurance. You can start canceling your unused subscriptions at Truebill.com slash MoneyAnswers. So go right now to Truebill.com slash MoneyAnswers. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ken Green, known as the Engineer of Finance. You can find out more at his website, engineeroffinance.com. Welcome back to the show, Ken. Glad to be back. So Wall Street, by its nature, is quite unpredictable. We've had a major bull market for quite a while. Some people say it's going to come to an end. How should most people who are not going to be day trading navigate the unpredictability of Wall Street? <laughs> um, I think, you know, Wall Street and the stock market, I've always been fascinated by the stock market, um, I think can be a great area for accumulation. And uh, the amount of liquidity access to the different securities is, is amazing. Um, the best way to navigate the predictability, uh, one, it's, it's an age thing. 
Um, I would, you know, obviously we would argue that 20s, 30s, and 40s, um, there's more time to deal with the ups and downs with the stock market and uncertainty. And so the best way is to navigate, number one, it's just, it, it sounds almost boring and trite now that I've been on the show for, you know, over 30 minutes. Uh, savings is incredibly important, right? It, it is uh, having that diversification outside the stock market helps you eliminate uh, that uncertainty, right, or substantially reduce it. And so, number one, having liquidity, having at least six months to a year's worth of liquid, whether that be in cash value and whole life policy or just in a regular savings account or money on your mattress, um, that helps. And the other piece is that um, diversification investments, I would argue that to have true diversification investments isn't to have um, everything in the stock market uh, between bonds and securities, uh, but, by der- but by diversifying your portfolio portions of it outside the stock market. So maybe you have a third or 50% in the stock market, but then you have your money also invested in real estate or other alternative investments. And so uh, I would say, A, uh, day trading, uh, that's a unique skill set. And uh, But I would say for most people, they just want to be able to have those returns, have that compounding impact, impact because it does come important over time. And when it comes to the investment piece, getting that money to grow, uh, I, yeah, you, you have an advisor that, uh, you, you, you know, if you have your own way of trading, great, investing, do it yourself. But I would argue most would like to have a trust investment advisor uh, handle that for them. And uh, just making sure that portion is in alignment with what you want to accomplish, but then also as less and less time is available for recovering, I think more diversification outside of the stock market can, can make sense. You have a, a, a blog post about why you should be careful with what you call financial entertainers, people who are on radio and TV shows. Uh, what is the danger in listening to too much news and, and financial opinion all the time? Well, A, they're entertainers, and, uh, and I really admire some of the financial entertainers, and uh, I enjoy their humor, I enjoy their charisma, uh, and I also, it, quite often it's a very simplistic approach, which is good in the fact that it's repeatable and doable. At the same time, that kind of myopic thinking, for example, uh, one just says flat out credit cards are evil and whole life insurance is, is horrible and you should never buy it. Well, that's just such a, a simplistic statement that uh, maybe for um, their audience that makes sense, but uh, for the other 20, 15, or 10% of the population, which, uh, or the 5% of that resonate uh, with me, uh, that's a, not a good strategy. Credit cards, for example, can be very powerful to use. And so to have a very um, on-off approach like that, I think, uh, can be very dangerous. And so those type of statements, I mean, these are very admired people that are looked up to in many ways, uh, but they're not, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but they're not accountable for what they're saying. And so uh, for one family, absolutely, they should cut up those credit cards because that is a sickness. They can't live within their means, and that's just going to create financial servitude for the rest of their lives. And so for that, uh, for a family, that could be great, Uh, but, you know, for other families, not. And so those that type of um, black and white statements can be very dangerous. And so that's why I'm going to be very careful uh, unless they have, you know, unless they're, you know, have a fiduciary responsibility and they're owning those answers. Um, they're just, you know, it's like, I can't remember, the, I don't even want to name the guy's name, but on TV where he's saying, hang on to these stocks, right? But, you know, he would never sell, he'd never sell. 
and then Bear Stearns became worth nothing next uh, week. Well, he doesn't know that financial situation of each family listening to a show. And people hung on to those words, and they lost a lot of money, if not everything, yeah. uh, during the last crash in the market. And so that's where understand what they're saying, appreciate their ideas, but don't take it as gospel. That could be very dangerous. And so that's what I meant by be wary. Yes. So you think that a potential tax storm is coming. Are you talking about the uh, tax increases that uh, President Biden's proposed? What is the coming tax storm about? Well, a tax storm, interesting enough, I wrote that blog, which should be dated. I don't think they are. But I wrote that blog um, over a year ago, I believe, that a tax storm is coming. And so this is before I knew we'd have a Biden administration or a Trump administration. Uh, but we have uh, a Congress that has a hard time living within its means. It seems to be like the American way, right? You know, I always uh, joke, and I mean this on, on my podcast, where, hey, I mean, if you can save 10 to 20% of your gross income and live off the rest, you just distinguish yourself from 95% of the American households in this country. That is a very, it's very hard. I mean, we have such a wealthy nation, and we have so many things out there that are just, I love cars, I love boats, I enjoy all the engineering behind it. And, uh, but we have to be disciplined with our money. And we have a government that had record tax revenues during the Trump administration with those tax cuts that were passed. Record revenue. The problem is, is we also had record spending. We have a record deficit. And that was before the, the Biden administration. Now it's more pedal in the metal. So I believe I wrote that pre-COVID. And I uh, also, and so that's why I meant that a tax storm is coming, is that uh, we have a government that doesn't know how to live within its means. We skimp pretty more and more money. And so at this time, we don't know what's about to hit, uh, but taxes are on sale. We're at a historic tax low. And if we look if we look at the future based upon what has happened in the past, there's a good chance that our tax incomes are going to go up. Now, now interestingly enough, a year plus later, uh, we the new administration is proposing some massive uh, tax changes, uh, taking capital gains, essentially eliminating it, taking up to 39.6%. I mean, those that that could be devastating if, if these that right now it's still nothing's in place yet. But California, the, some of the wealthy, uh, wealthier families, they might be in a position where just over 55 percent of their income is going to go to state and federal income taxes. And so when I wrote that blog, that's what I was referring to as a tax storm is coming. The government is having a hard time living within its means. It's potentially going to want to increase taxes. Now, of course, what Biden is saying is it's only on the high-income people over 400000 in income, and the average person would not feel this. In fact, they're getting checks now for uh, child credits that they didn't get in the past. So this is only getting the wealthy to so-called pay what they they should be paying, paying their fair share is what they always say. Uh, I would say uh, res- uh, I, I understand what's been stated by our president. However, I have um, concerns with with that intention. Uh, a, uh, just from a philosophical, just um, just principles. Uh, why would I always argue that a fair tax, like if everyone's paying their fair share, corporate, individual, family, if everyone paid a ten percent income tax, everyone, regardless of income, didn't we all pay our fair share? If someone's making a million a year and they paid fifty, or let's keep the math easy, ten percent. They paid 100000 
So if you only made 100000 and they paid 10000 they paid 10000 They both say, paid the same percentage. Now, obviously, as we get down to lower earned income levels, there's a greater impact on what we're able to buy between sales tax, et cetera. Uh, but at some point in time, uh, to me, that seems fair. Having this um, upside-down tax code where the more income you bring in, you have to pay a higher percentage, I just don't understand that thinking. I, I think it's, uh, and I'm not attacking our, our president, I'm just attacking that belief. Uh, I always kind of joke, uh, well, here and there on my show, that maybe we should reverse the tax code so that the more revenue you make, uh, you, you create more incentive for us to produce and create more, and, and we lower uh, uh, the income tax percentage. Uh, but I, I, A, I don't think that's likely. I think that it's going to hit a lot more people. But then how about these families in California where they have mom and pops that bought their house 30, 40 years ago, they pass away, a house that was 50 grand is now a million. It sounds like an exaggeration, but you see these homes like in the San Jose area, et cetera, Silicon Valley. These are families that don't have that strong earned income, but now they just inherit a property with the removal of step-up basis. If that occurs, guess what? They just made well over 400000 that year, didn't they? Now yeah. they get thrusted into 60%. So I think that type of language is, um, I just disagree with the thinking, and I don't think it's going to apply just to 400000 I think you're going to see a lot of middle-income families that all of a sudden, at time to time, uh, inherit some money, and uh, 60%, 50% of it is taken by the government. I think so what would you do to plan that. now? If, if you assume that's what's going to be happening, Ken, how would you plan now for those higher tax rates, assuming that they're coming? Uh, well, a, a couple of things. And, and who knows what's – we don't know what's happening yet because there's resistance on all aisles uh, to, to what's being proposed. But um, I do like uh, – as we talked about earlier, I'm a huge fan of the saving strategy. Uh, designed correctly using dividend-paying whole life insurance, for sure, because that savings is all growing income tax-free, and there's nothing indicating the code that uh, that death benefit won't pass on to the family income tax-free. So that, as a savings component, I think can be very powerful. On the investment area, hey, Roth IRAs, if you're in that band that you're allowed to do them, um, take advantage of them because if it goes away, quite often when they remove laws, uh, they don't take away that grandfathering, so a Roth IRA could be advantageous. Um, and so if taxes go up, you have all that inside uh, growing income tax-free. I think those are two great areas. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with real estate, but real estate can be a very advantageous tool as well. And uh, so I would say those are three areas just right off the top of my mind uh, that very can good. be advantageous. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ken Green known as the Engineer of Finance. He's got a podcast, and his website is engineeroffinance.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. 
If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth in Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthinequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ken Green, known as the Engineer of Finance. His website is engineeroffinance.com. He's also got a podcast by that topic at that website. Welcome back to the show, Ken. Thank you. So we want to talk about the psychology of money a little bit. One of the things you're big on is goal setting and creating the correct habits that will create a better outcome with your finances. What are some things people can do to create better habits and, and set appropriate goals? Well, a few things. Sometimes we just have to identify what we don't want before we can figure out what we want. And uh, so just one part there. But on goal setting, uh, it's quite I, – I can tell you for me, I used to get accused of having Peter Pan complex. I just never wanted to get older or age. So thinking 20, 30, 40 years out from an emotional standpoint, very hard. Logically, I understand it. And so we're working with a lot of families. Quite often, I like to pick um, – I learned this, I think, from a book by Dan Sullivan – uh, years ago, which was like, hey, why don't we look three years out? What do we have to accomplish three years out? And uh, and we just hit like the top, you know, what's the most important? And some families, it's, it's I mean, education is a big one for their kids or it's a house, you know, um, vacation, travel, you know, what are our priorities and dreams? And just hit on the top few and then just create a plan around that. What can we do to start creating some strategies and designs so that we can uh, hit those goals within the next three years, thinking long-term, of course, and you know, 10 years out, 20 years out as well, but how can we hit on these things uh, quickly? And so, uh, so that's goal setting, and, uh, and, and house is a big one, especially now with this hyperinflation, uh, what feels like hyperinflation through and through, uh, house is a big one for a lot of families. So what can we do to position ourselves so we can accomplish that within three years or faster, within three years? So that's the goal setting piece, but then the habit part, and this is where, you know, in the past I missed this, you know, 10 years, greater than 10 years ago, is that it's great to set the goal. I mean, the difference between a dream and a goal is like, hey, we just put that dream, now we put a date on it, but now what do we have to do to back down? What do we have to do today? What do we have to do on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, a daily basis to get us to that goal? And when, you know, and you hear this phrase all the time, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So if we can break it down to some monthly, weekly, and daily habits to get us there, uh, that's how we can hit goals. Now, quite often, I'm a huge fan of automation for most families. And so if we can create a specific savings strategy between one free checking account, another free checking account, and have it automated, or like for myself, I like teaching uh, by example, 20% of my gross income via payroll goes to a separate account that all it's meant to do is protect and grow my money. And our family, in our other account, uh, that's what we live off of. That kind of thing, of, that is an automatic daily habit. And when you create those type of systems and automate it, 
the amount of money you accumulate without even increasing your income is amazing. So that's a good example of goal setting and habit forming yeah. behaviors. You also talk about psychological resistance uh, to mm. prosperity. Um, why do people have such psychological resistance and what can people do to overcome it? The psychological resistance, we hear something new. I mean, we have cognitive bias, right? Uh, Number one is that it's like, I mean, we, I I can tell you being in this industry for so long, I mean, there is no resistance or virtually none to, with most people, of putting money into a bank account. I mean, how many questions do we ask uh, a big bank when we put our money into? But, uh, or putting money into a 401k or getting a loan for a house, Right. There's, there's almost no resistance. I mean, we've been uh, through all the marketing, all the language on radio shows and TV and ads and all the financial shows. Uh, we, you know, quite often we're just literally, whether we are aware of it or not, we're brainwashed to think that way. And I don't mean brainwashed in a mean way. I just, that's how we're, we're educated. But then you show something different. Like, for example, life insurance, I get a lot of questions. It's new. And of course there's psychological resistance because it's challenging stuff that was never presented to us. It was for me, I mean, 10 months of studying and running through scenario after scenario, scenario before uh, I sold my first life policy, which was me as a client, because it was just so foreign to everything I was raised with. Um, and so how do you combat that? Uh, a is just like, hey, uh, you know, is wanting to see truth and, and, find, and there is resistance, there's work. I mean, we're always going to take the path least resistance. We're humans, right? We're adaptable creatures, but... Uh, how to get to the truth, you start reading more and more. And whether it's someone we agree with or disagree with, those type of different, I would say, find ways to say no. Try to prove it wrong, and that'll help you get to the truth the quickest. Yeah. So uh, right. I think that's a way to, to break through that. You talk about dealing with financial advisors. How can you get financial advisors that are going to help you and educate and not just be about money? As, as you said at one point, if a financial advisor tells you it's not about the money, Run. So you're saying most financial <laughs> advisors are in it for the money and they're not really trying to help their clients when it gets down to it. I would say that I think a lot of advisors have good intentions. I just think that don't, a lot of them don't want to be bored with the, the details, right? Phenomenal salespeople, very hardworking, very charismatic, care for their clients, have a good relationship. But I would argue the majority of what's being taught is the wrong way to go. I mean, when less than 1% of American households have enough money for retirement, yet the financial industry has done phenomenally well since the crash in 08 and 09. I mean, uh, there's, maybe we should take a contrarian approach instead of doing what they're teaching us to do, do the exact opposite. And so I think a lot of financial advisors listen to my podcast, uh, the Engineer Finance Podcast, and have reached out. And those learning want and seeking different ways to help their clients, I really admire. Uh, and, and I do agree sometimes, I mean, I used to overwhelm initial new clients eight plus years ago with just dumping way too much on them. And so uh, you can kill people with details and overwhelm them, and then they just never move forward. And so I appreciate teaching things and breaking it down from a conceptual level now, where I used to just go straight to numbers and math right off the bat and calculators. Um, But I I think how advisors can really help if they really want to make a difference, um, details are important. So when they want to shut down when it comes to details, step back and hear, listen and learn. It's not just about pretty illustrations and proposals. Details are important. Those asterisks and double asterisks and triple asterisks on these different type of contracts, those details are important. You'd be amazed at how many people didn't that have come to me that now in their early 50s and 60s and are worried about requirement distributions, 
weren't aware of RMDs because it was never taught to them by their advisor a long time ago. Yeah. And so I think that's how advisors really want to make a difference is start being contrary and start questioning the narrative and really pay details are important. And this goes back to when your question a long time ago in the show was uh, what distinguishes me is engineers really like details. When you're designing stuff, you can't screw up or bridges go yep. down, towers go down, people lose lives. Details matter. How concerned are you that inflation is, is picking up significantly? Uh, well, I mean, when I have a consumer price index, uh, say it went up four months, you know, from a year ago and then went up to five, uh, I, and I would argue that they kind of deflate those numbers. I think it's a very valid concern. You can't just create, you cannot separate money from work. And when you just create trillions of dollars out of thin air with the Federal Reserve and just disperse it everywhere, um, you know, that's, I think it's a very real concern. So what, what, what do you do about it? How do you hedge against a rising inflation? Oh, uh, well, what, what could I do about it? Number one, I wish all our media everywhere, instead of all this garbage that we see on TV all day long, put pointing fingers at people, insulting each other on the parties. We get real leadership that says, hey, it's time. We've got a real problem. And it'd be nice to see the media focus on our major issue. And uh, that's protecting the value of the U.S. dollar and having a balanced budget. I mean, it's like business 101. The government has to live within its means. We have to make cuts in certain areas. Uh, but what was the other question? What can families do to well, fight it? If, if you think inflation is picking up, how can you hedge against rising inflation? Uh, we, we're going to have to chase rates of return. And so number one is finding ways we can reduce our taxation uh, on areas, looking for products that can help that area, uh, but also uh, look at uh, things that are advanced. Um, have a lot of uh, simultaneous benefits with one dollar, uh, potentially whole life insurance, Roth IRAs, Roth conversions, um, uh, real estate, and uh, there I get into commodities. Right? I mean, uh, gold, silver, those little pieces, cryptocurrency. Those, as a small portion, could be another piece to hedge. Um, and uh, yeah, we got to save more to combat it. But then we're going to have to be we're going to be forced to chase rates of return if this continues. In about two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of sum up what difference it will make in people's lives if they follow some of the advice that you have at Engineer Finance? Um, the difference, uh, I'll talk with my family. It started with me. I didn't ask anyone to do anything I didn't do myself. Uh, savings, uh, that was huge. You know, bumping up to 20% of my gross income and living off the rest, applying that for myself and applying it for my family, uh, then buying numerous uh, designed well dividend whole life policies, investing, um, you know, when you create a, a huge amount of liquidity, opportunities will seek you out. When you start um, investing in a way that's tax advantage within the code, uh, you're going to capture a lot more wealth and opportunity cost for you that you can leverage that into other investments and so that you can create a lot more passive income streams um, and through automation that will help you hit your goals without even doing extra work. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, just have, and also even more important, the money piece is just more and more time to enjoy with your family, your friends, and other people you want to serve. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this last hour has been Ken Green, known as the Engineer of Finance. You can find out more about all of his work at his website and podcast, engineeroffinance.com. We've learned a lot this last hour. Thanks so much for being on the Money Answer Show, Ken. It was a pleasure coming on. Thanks for having me, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now.
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.